so much pain it's not me I'd pass the mic to you first <laughs> I know you would <sighs> love you
Good evening, everyone. It's good to see all of you here. Hope you're not melting away in this heat. We have a couple of announcements coming up, uh, things coming up, announcements of things coming up. The 30th, which is this coming Sunday, Jamin and Jeremy Hart will be ministering. And I think we have some of my family that will be here too, and that's always exciting. And then that this Sunday also our mission pledge will be due. If you're going to on the bus trip to Branson, please deposit or turn in your $100 deposit. Why don't you go ahead and stand up? We're just going to entertain the presence of the Lord. His presence is already here. It's just a matter of us tapping into it. And I wonder if you would just pray right now as we begin the service for all those at NAYC. They made it there safe. And just pray that this is a life-changing week for them. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to Trust you. 
Jake Morgan, which is Sister Susan Walker's son. He was injured at work. Sister Carolyn Clark, Sister Joanne Fryer, Floyd Elmore, Francis Boss Batson, Tob Tobias, Sharon Crawford, and Sister Singhood. And um, I wonder if some of you would just wrap around Brother Dickey as he ministers tonight. If you'll just pray for tonight, not only tonight, but upcoming events that he has in his life. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. God, I thank you for the ability to get to call on your name. I thank you, Jesus, that at the mention of your name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I thank you that when we call on your name, that atmospheres have to shift. When we call on your holy name, chains have to break. Addiction has to cease to exist because your name is all-powerful. Your name is almighty, God, and it's not by our power. It's not by our might, God, but it's by your spirit alone. I pray for these needs that were mentioned, God, that you would just be with them. God, if they can't even see the light that you would show them, you still see every detail. You're a God of detail and it all matters to you. I pray that you would strengthen Brother Dickie tonight as he ministers, God. I pray that you would strengthen him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. In Jesus' name, above all powers, Of all nature and all creative things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all.
next song brother Dickie will come I'm excited to hear him thank you Jesus oh God I thank you for the ability to give to you I thank you God for the ability to get to be in such a nice facility I pray that you would have your way in this place God I pray that we would leave wanting to change and leave to change God I pray that you would fill us up so that we can overflow on everyone we encounter in Jesus name
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you welcome Brother Dickie? Praise the Lord, everyone. You may be seated. It is good to be here in the house of the Lord, but it is good to feel what we feel here tonight, what I feel here tonight. The power of God is here, not just here, but I've experienced watching the services from home due to health issues over the last couple of years, and I want to tell you, there's nothing like feeling the spirit and power of God. And I love it that we have opportunity, and I have noticed that uh, even the advertisements at churches now is, if you can't make it to church, at least catch us on the Internet. Everybody's pushing it, and thank God for it, because there are many times people can't be in the house of the Lord. They have to work their way. This gospel's going north, south, east, and west all over the United States. And I'm glad to be in his house tonight, and I thank you for coming. I thank God for the opportunity, Brother Meyer, for allowing me the opportunities that he does. This time last week, I was in so much pain. I've been in a lot of pain. I'm due a hip replacement and put in my order, and of course, it's on back order till September the 11th. And uh, so I won't get a new hip until then. But when I get a new hip, boy, I'm excited about what I'm going to be able to do. I can't wait to lay that old cane down and that old walker there and be able to walk without having to lean upon it, be able to maybe even run again one day. That would be a great thing. I love being in the house of the Lord, and I love God. But in last week I was in so much pain, and finally by Saturday my doctor told me that if the pain didn't cease and other symptoms continued to go to emergency, and I told my wife Saturday afternoon, I said, honey, I'm just in such pain. I've got to have some relief. Nothing was helping. I had pain medication. I had everything. I'd been praying. She'd been praying, and it's just like I couldn't get past that level of pain that had hit me, and it was a continuous nonstop for about three days. And on that third day, I told her, I said, please get a hold of the church and ask the church to pray because I know that when people come together and start praying, God does things. How many of you believe that? I really believe God is able and it uh, wasn't just a few minutes until my neighbor, Brother and Sister Jones, picked up another couple, Brother and Sister Calico, and said, can we come and pray? Well, we had had people moving in and dolls and blankets and stuff all over the house. And we've learned now, just say, come on. <laughs> it don't matter what it looks like. Just come on. We did throw it all in the bedroom right quick. But they came down, and Brother Calico, Brother Jones Brother and sister, or sister Calico and sister Jones came in and just, we just prayed. They laid hands on me and began to pray. And immediately the Holy Spirit just ran through my body. Boy, that's a good feeling. How many of you love to feel the Holy Ghost just, I mean, you know, it just, it just flows. But it didn't just flow. It went through my body into the areas of my body that I was having severe pain. And I felt it literally flow like a fluid or like a like a, a warmth that went through the areas of my body where I was in excruciating pain. And I know that God is able. Of course, the devil immediately says, it'll go for a little while, but it'll come back. Have you ever had him tell you that? You haven't? I have many times. And before they backed out of the driveway, I told my wife, I said, that pain is completely gone. Now, I was almost to the point of going to emergency and almost to the point of being nauseated and what comes with nausea. That's how bad the pain was. And the pain left me, and I got up in a little while, and I began to walk around, and I thought, wow, 
this is wonderful. God is so good. And, you know, I know it probably wasn't easy for them to take their time and come and lay hands on me and pray and believe, but they did. And God touched. Wasn't, I mean, we praised and the Holy Spirit spoke and the, it was good, but nobody ran. I couldn't have anyhow, but Brother Jones didn't run. They did shout a little bit. and It was good, but just a good touch of God. And I'll tell you, since that time, I have not had any pain in that area of my body that was causing me so much excruciating pain. And I thank the Lord for that because I believe he did it. But before that God had done that, he told me, he said, what you are facing is a trying of your faith. But I know, or he said, I want you to know that I'm going to bring you through this. All sounds good, doesn't it? But I know when he speaks to me, but I kept thinking, Lord, you said you're going to bring me through it, but I'm sure feeling pain. When that pain left me, and even right now as I stand before you Wednesday, it was last Saturday, and I still have not had any pain, I'm thanking God because I know that the Lord touched me. But not only did he touch me, I believe he healed me. I believe he caused that situation to dry up. I believe he performed a miracle, and I'm trusting him. I'm claiming that. I want you to turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles. And uh, I, I sought the Lord as to what he would have us to study tonight, and I, I believe that I have heard from the Lord. And while you're turning in your Bibles uh, to Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 6, you can just leave it open. I'm going to try not to read, but you can follow along there. I have to print everything because uh, my eyesight's not like what it used to be. I can't read from my Bible like I used to, and it's much easier if I print it and look at it. But Daniel chapter 6, I want to speak to you there for just a few minutes. But before we do, I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads and pray with me for my granddaughter Bella and for her mother there's a situation there where Bella needs a uh, intercessory move of God in her life right now it's urgent situation and uh, Heather needs God's unctioning and his touch and help and I know that he's able and when you pray with me I know God is able would you just lift your hands and pray for Bella father I come to you right now in the name of Jesus and Lord I thank you for my grandbaby Lord she means so much to me and Lord we enjoyed having her here this summer and being with her but Lord you see the situation that she's in Lord you know the pain and anguish that she is facing and going through but I know God that you're able to touch her body right now and God that you're able to deliver deliver her out of this affliction and to lift her up and strengthen her her touch her mother Lord give Heather strength and power and faith right now Lord God as your Holy Spirit rests upon her Lord God and she finds the peace and the the love and the comfort that she needs through the power of your Holy Spirit in their lives right now and I give you the praise and the glory for it as I plead the blood of the lamb over them in Jesus name and everybody said amen praise the Lord I have and sister Dickie has certainly suffered some afflictions in the last few years of our life I even uh, retired from the ministry and from my job due to health issues and it seemed like I would get a, a vision and I would get an unction and I would get a touch. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm about to, to go again. And the first hip surgery I got, I thought, man, I am going to do it. They said six weeks. I was back at work in two weeks and I was going. I, I had some situations and I could feel my leg wasn't working just right. But I was believing the Lord that I was going to get through that. And next thing I knew, I couldn't even keep my balance. I couldn't even hardly uh, keep my strength. I, I, I just had a nerve that was damaged in that leg or realized it a few weeks after the surgery that I had permanent damage and I had dropped foot and my toe kept 
catching on everything. And I realized then that I wasn't going to be able to run again. I wasn't going to be able to shout like I wanted to because my balance wasn't good. And then just six months or five months after that, I had a massive stroke. And they didn't know if I would live through the night. I told you last time the Lord touched my body miraculously when they said I'd be in the nursing home up there for about six months in Wisconsin. The Lord touched me and my son came and got me, laid me in the back of the van and brought me home as quick as they could get me here. And I went back to work in two months' time after that massive stroke. Now, I've suffered some situations, and then finally, uh, three years ago, uh, the uh, pressure of the job and the uh, changing of my responsibilities and the changing of uh, bylaws and laws and things with my insurance caused me not to be able to, to fulfill my obligation as an employee the way that I wanted to, and so I had to take disability and early retirement because of other situations, and so I just have faced one thing after another. Sister Dickie had cancer, and then she had, after six months, she found out she was a carrier of the gene of cancer, and she had to go back and have another massive surgery uh, uh, three, uh, six months after that. And we just faced one thing after another, and then she found out she was had cirrhotic arthritis and had to get on medications. And I was thinking, Lord, why? All of our uh, life, we went to school, went to college, we studied, we we prepared for the ministry. We wanted to have a Christian school, had a Christian school, had changed lives. Our lives have been changed. We had done many wonderful things, and and God had blessed us in so many ways. And I just could not put my finger on why God was allowing us to be tempted and tried and suffering the way that we have. And these many years past, we've been here, I believe, if I'm right, some 28, maybe 29 years. Is that right? 29 years now at the church. Uh, I, I lose track from 25 to 29, but I'm thinking it's around 29 that we've now been a member of this local church and been filled with the Holy Spirit and had the, the baptism in Jesus' name and known this truth. And uh, for this amount of years, God has blessed me and strengthened me. But when I look at it, I think, Lord, if you hadn't brought me to the place that you did in you, if you hadn't given me the faith and the strength, even though I had ministered for years, I'd seen signs and wonders and great and wonderful things, Lord, I don't think I could have gone through the things that you have allowed to come into my life. Why is it that God, when, when you have served him and lived for him and you're trying to be righteous and holy and, and do right and, and do good to others, why is it that God allows you as a child of God to suffer in your body with pain and suffering and, and situations? Why is it when you are trying to give your all to God, does God allow things to come your way that has not happened to others? And you look around and, and we're going to do it and, and we see this family and they're so happy and they're so adjusted and, and their family's doing good and their job's doing good and, and they're financially okay and it just seems like everything is going their way and yet you look at your life and you say God even though I've got it good and you've been good to me why is it Lord that I have this pain or this sickness or this affliction or, or this financial situation why God I'm trying my best to live for you and do your will why is it that God allows some of us to go through things? I told Sister Dickie I've, I, I, the other day when there was another tragedy, the, the lives that were lost uh, going to uh, the uh, Bible quizzing, that whole van load of young people and the lives that was lost, Christian people that were just going to learn Scripture. And to, I said, Lord, why is it that our church, our organization, suffers so many tragic losses? I, I named a young evangelist that was so anointed, and I told her, I said, Brother so-and-so, and, and he passed away and left a young wife and children. Why is it that that, that, that happens? Why, why is it, God? And you know, we're not supposed to question God, but we do have situations where we stop and we reflect and we think, why have these things happened? Why has this happened in my family, the things that have happened? And, and God, then I want to look and say, have I done something to offend you, Lord? 
Have I neglected to do something I should do? I think we should always reflect on our life and look and see, is there something I can do? But how many of you want to live holy and righteous and do things that please God? How many of you want to be blessed of him and have his blessings in your life and, and know that you're in his will? But sometimes when you're in the will of God, Brother Jerry, things can still happen. Situations can still happen. And I find one man by the name of Daniel here, if you'll look at it in chapter 6 of Daniel. The Bible tells me about a good young man that was of the tribe of Judah. And this young man was an anointed man, a happy man, a bright man, a nice looking young man. But he got captive by his enemy and was taken captive. But as he was captive, he began began to find favor with the king of the land because he was righteous and holy and good and pure. And it tells about how he had the favor of the king because he was such a nice young man. Even to the place that the king looked at Daniel and he said, you know, this young man is so good. I want to put him, even though he's a slave, even though he has been an enemy, even though he has been taken captive, I would like to put him in a position as to where that he could rule over the people because I believe that he has a blessing upon his life. I believe that his God uh, that he serves uh, is blessing him and anointing him and using him and in doing so he's going to bless our kingdom. So the king sought out a way that he might lift Daniel up and put him over uh, the others. Uh, and so as uh, he was their enemy and he was not one of them and he knew about jealousy in the kingdom, uh, he began to lift Daniel up and made him one of the three princes uh, in his kingdom that should be over all of his people. Uh, and there were two others that ruled with him and under them was other leaders that would uh, uh, rule and take uh, uh, leadership from them. Uh, and as Daniel was lifted up, the king just wanted to do something good for Daniel uh, because Daniel had been so pure of heart. How many of you know a person, uh, a young person or a person in your church or in your life or maybe a family member that they're just so pure and good, good you, just, you just love them because they are so kind and merciful and they do things for you and for others and, and you can just see the, the love in them for people and the, the calling of ministry in their life. Daniel had that on his life. You know the story. We've heard it from our, our childhood uh, how Daniel was such a good man. But the Bible says uh, that God lifted him up and in doing so, or the king lifted up, but in doing so, uh, uh, the, the other two princes got jealous because Daniel was so uh, special in the eye of the king and, and they got jealous and didn't like it. How many of you had children and you know that they always want to be the number one child? You know, they always, and, and if you got good children in a good home, they'll always tell you that mama loves me the most. I, I thought out of six kids, my mama loved me the most. She always told me she loved me the most. She always treated me like she loved me the most. Of course, she always threw in there, you know, that she loved all the others the most too. But I always felt like she probably loved me the most. And they would even say it sometimes, oh, mama loves you the most. And then they'd turn around and she'd do something for them. And I'd feel like, well, mama loves them the most, you know. And a little bit of jealousies begin to rise because we see somebody being lifted up and being loved a little bit more. And that happens on our jobs. Somebody gets a promotion. Somebody gets a raise. They get favored. They get to do something special. And if we're not careful, we just, oh, that, that jealousy just begins to rise. And, and these two guys got jealous of Daniel because he was so blessed and favored of the king and called in. Uh, and the king sought him for wisdom and knowledge. But you see, Daniel, when he was called upon, always had an answer. Uh, and if he didn't have an answer, Daniel 
was able to get an answer because, you see, this Daniel was a faithful man. It was said of Daniel that he went and he prayed three times a day. He would get down upon his knee and he would pray unto his God and seek him and make petition and worship and praise him. And God would give him wisdom and knowledge and the king could see this in his life. You know, when you've got a pastor that has the knowledge of God and has the love of God and the fellowship of God in his life, you've got a lot to be thankful for because there's a lot of hirelings in this day and hour. There are a lot of people there that are there for the money and the dollar and, and for the jets and the big homes and the mansions. and Yeah, they're there, and we know about them, and they're talking about them. But when you find a true man of God who is doing it not for the money, not for the position, but because he loves God and he knows he has a calling upon his life. When you find a woman who has that calling upon her life to minister to others, uh, when you find that missionary, that, school te- or that Sunday school teacher, uh, or that leader in the church, uh, Sister Lisa, I sort of see that in you. Uh, I just love you so much and your husband and and I've seen you grow so much and and I remember when you were just a little old girl (laughs) it seemed like to me I know you wasn't but but you have come such a long way and such a blessing uh, to our church and our people and always a smile uh, and always a willingness Uh, I I don't want to just lift up anybody but I I do want to say I love this couple so much because they do so much for people behind the scenes that that others don't know but they're not doing it for that reason they love their God and we have those kind of people in our church I can name you several here uh, that way uh, that are just ministers of the, of the gospel and, and that love to help other people. Uh, uh, it didn't surprise me Brother Jones wanted to come down uh, uh, that uh, two or three miles down the road and see me uh, and pray for me. <laughs> uh, he's a good neighbor. Uh, no, it was seriously that, that God is so good. And, and when you have people that want to do that, it means a lot to you. Sometimes uh, uh, you get to feeling down or discouraged. And, and Brother Billy, when we, when we can't come to church like, like we normally do and we're in pain and we're sitting there, that old devil, he'll come knocking on the door. Sister, he'll, he'll come knocking on the door. You told me to put up a sign telling him I'm not home. That's what she told me tonight. He'll come knocking on the door and say, well, everybody else is at church and, and you're here by yourself. Why don't I just come in and sit down and let's just get real sad together and, and, and look at all that has happened to you. Oh, you poor little darling. Amen. How bad it is you've been sick and you don't have enough money sometimes to pay your bills and things have gone up and people, people don't seem to like you because they don't speak to you at church much, even though you dart in and you dart out, you know, <laughs> before they can. But, you know, it, it's sort of lonely sometimes and we get to feel that way and then, you know, your companion passes away. It's a hard thing. Sister Lydia, it's a hard thing when, when your companion is no longer there and the whole devil comes and oh, look at all these others. They've got companions, but you don't. Aren't you lonely? And you are. Well, there's nothing like losing your companion. That hurts. I know it's got to hurt. To lose a precious child, that's, that's got to hurt. I mean, I can feel that hurt myself. That we have to go through some things like that. Why, God? Everybody else has got their families and their grandchildren and, things, and they're blessed. And they, Why couldn't I have that? That's all I wanted. All I ever wanted was a Christian home and a Christian life and a Christian family. Lord, Why? But you see, God looks down at each and every one of us in a different way. And he sees something in us that he didn't see in somebody else. And he says, I know that you are more than capable to do what I'm going to allow you to do and to go through what I'm going to allow you to go through. And in doing so, you never know whose life you're going to touch. My daddy told me after about 12 years of suffering, day in and day out, he had to retire from the ministry because he had a lung problem which developed into severe asthma and COPD and he never smoked, never drank. My dad was a good, righteous man. And he had to quit and he would preach. Oh, my Lord. He'd just rock on the edge of the platform just preaching, the anointing and 
the altars would just fill up when daddy would preach. And oh man, we had church shouting and praising. A little old train would come down behind the church and we'd have to stop for a minute. As that train was blowing his whistles, making all the noise in that old building, setting up on the impiers and beans would rock a little bit and then daddy go back to preaching again. And Lord, it was good. I, I was raised that way and, and the goodness of God. And yet for 12 years, I saw my daddy suffer and gasp for breath and, and just not be able to hardly talk or speak. And, and it really hurt me. I thought, God, why, why? Daddy... Witness to everybody. Everybody got out of jail, came to find God and be saved. Or everybody that got in jail came to find God and be saved. And daddy would counsel them, pray with them. People get sick, daddy go help them. He'd bury them. He, he did everything. And yet, dad suffered for years. And one day he looked at me and he said, Son, this suffering in the flesh is nothing compared to the glory that waits for us over there. And if I but suffer a little bit in the flesh, I know not why. I don't know why God has allowed me to suffer, but I'm so glad that he picked me out and said, this man is able to endure to the end the affliction that I allow him to walk through. You're walking through affliction tonight maybe and you're suffering and you're going through some things and you just can't put your finger on why God let it happen to you. You've served in the ministry. You've served the church. You've served God. You've, you've served until you're so tired. You don't even think you could hardly crawl into bed doing for God and doing for others. And then this thing happened to you. Why, God, do you allow things to happen to good people and church people and people that are trying? And yet there's someone there next door watching every move that you make, every step that you take. Daniel didn't know that people were watching him, but they did listen to this. The Bible says that these men got so jealous, they devised a plan and said, we're going to trap Daniel. Because Daniel, he, he just, he's a goody two-shoes is what he is. He's just one of them Pentecostals. That, you know, he just, he just thinks he's got it all. And so we're going to devise something. We're going to get him in trouble and get him out of here because we deserve these positions better than him. So they said, what can we do to get him in trouble? So they thought about it, and one guy said, you won't find nothing in Daniel's life that you can accuse him of. Not one bad thing will you find. Now, go ahead and smile, because you know if somebody was to say that about us, they'd say, yeah, there's a thing or two you could find in most of our lives. Huh? We know it. We're working on it, huh? Daniel had nothing. And yet, what's, what's fixing to happen to Daniel? He was a righteous, godly man. And he said, but this one thing I know, if we're going to accuse him of anything, we've got to accuse him of being a devout Christian. A devout man of God. Because you see, he prays three times a day. And he petitions his God and he lives righteous and holy. So if we're going to do anything, we've got to devise a plan that will cause him to get in trouble over his religion and his beliefs. So they went to the king and they said, oh, king, buddy. Man, I like you. You're such a good king. You know, when somebody starts coming to you and petting on you and telling you how wonderful you are, get scared. I, I really don't like people telling, oh, brother, don't, don't, oh, please be careful. Next thing I know, the old devil's going to attack me again for one thing. But I get scared when people start praising just for any reason. Now, if they really like me, I like to know that. But, you know, you got to be careful. And they came to us and said, okay, we got a plan here. Let's, let's pass a rule. Because you're the king. You're over everything and over all this kingdom. You're number one guy. Why don't you pass a rule that says that nobody can petition their God or anyone or ask anyone except you, king, for 30 days. Just 30 days. For anything. 
so that everybody will know that, hey, you're number one. You're the number one king in this land. So they devised that plan, and the king said, well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Got all built up there. said, I'll take 30 days, and that'll be okay. And so, boy, he just, he's just listening to them, and his ears got happy, and he said, okay, let's do that. So he said a rule, and he, did, he devised that rule, and they declared it throughout the land. No man, woman, child, no one shall make a petition of anyone or ask for anything of anyone, even their God, for 30 days except the king. Daniel heard that. He said, oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, if this is terrible. I'm just going to have to give up and quit. I can't pray no more. I can't, I can't do nothing. God, you understand. Surely you understand. You know, I can't do this because nobody wants me to. So I got to compromise. You better watch that spirit of compromise that's taking hold of our world today. That compromise will get you in trouble. Now, I believe in compromising with my wife sometimes because that keeps me out of trouble. But you know what I mean about compromising. Don't compromise with the devil in the world. Amen. Amen. Daniel didn't do that. The Bible says he immediately, it was time to go pray three times a day. Daniel just went back to his house, got down, opened them windows up like I always did, looked towards Jerusalem, because that's the way the Jews always prayed, towards Jerusalem. And he began to pray like he'd always prayed. And them guys was out there with spies because they knew immediately it wouldn't take long for Daniel to get in trouble because he's faithful. Daniel's faithful. He's going to pray. We're going to catch him about his God. And so they jumped up and went running to the king. Oh, king, I got to tell you something. There's someone in your land that has made a petition of his God right today. While you just made this thing, he's not even afraid. He's already gone to his God and made a petition for something. And he asked his God to do something. And the king got all upset. Why? Who is this man? Well, he's Daniel. And the Bible says the spirit of God literally gripped his heart. And he said, oh, God, what have I done? Because you see, he knew he loved Daniel. And no one was more faithful than Daniel. And he realized he had been caught in a trap. Don't get caught in a trap. Don't allow yourself to do something that lifts you up or builds you up and puts you in trouble. And the Bible says that from that moment he sought to deliver Daniel from this thing. Why? Because Daniel was a godly man. But he had to have him brought before him and he said, Daniel, is this true what I hear? Daniel said, oh, oh yes, king. You're my king, but he's my God. And I pray and I'm going to continue to pray three times a day. And he said, oh, Daniel, I'm going to have to throw you into the lion's den because that is the decree that whoever asks a petition during these 30 days will have to be thrown into the lion's den. Boy, they loved them lions back then. I'm glad they don't have them, but we do have a roaring lion that seeketh those whom he may devour. Brother Jeff, after the preaching last time, sent me a clip of the lion after those buffalo I was trying to find. And that old buffalo turned around, and he took them horns, and he caught that old lion, and he threw him back up out there. They all turned around and started attacking that lion. That lion said, whew, I'm out of here. Let me tell you something. The devil, he may have some power, and he may have some strength, in this world, but he doesn't have strength in the church, and he doesn't have strength over the saints of God, and when you and I come together and begin to agree on any one thing, it shall be done, somebody say praise the Lord when we begin to pray, when we begin to come together, when we begin to believe together, we have power that can move mountains, we have power that can heal bodies we have power that can set people free, that's why the devil don't want you to pray, that's why the devil don't want you to fast, 
past. That's why the devil don't want you to believe because the devil knows that when you do these things, you'll have power and anointing. The Bible even tells us that certain things only come by prayer and by fasting. And so the devil don't want you to fast. He wants to make everybody a weak diabetic that have to take pills and have to eat. Isn't that the truth? He just wants to attack you so you can't fast. But you're smart enough, you can get around it some. You may not be able to fast as long as others, and you may not be able to fast all day, but you can fast some. You can pray and believe, because certain things, hear me, certain things come by fasting and prayer. Listen to this. They took Daniel, and the king had him thrown into the lion's den. They put a rock on it, and the king sealed it. But before he did, he said, Daniel, your God, listen to it, Daniel, your God whom you serve faithfully, he's able to deliver you. When the king put him in there, he already knew in his heart that Daniel's God was able. He realized that he had been tricked. He realized that this thing had been done in order to destroy Daniel. He realized that these guys was wicked uh, who he had lifted up uh, and they were devising a plan against the man of God. And he said to Daniel, Daniel, I believe that your God is able to deliver you out of the lion's mouth. But the Bible says that the king went with a heavy heart that night to his chamber. And he said, don't bring me any musicians. Don't bring me anyone playing music, soothing music. Don't bring me any food. Don't bring me any comfort. Because I have done wrong in the sight of God, the God of Daniel. And the Bible says he wept and he prayed and he fasted. Even the king, he wasn't a devout Christian like Daniel. But he had seen something in Daniel. And he had probably seen Daniel fast and pray before. And seen how God made Daniel more fair than anybody else uh, and stronger than anybody else and wiser than anybody else because Daniel faithfully served his God in front of the king. That's why the devil don't want you and I to live a devout godly life in front of our community and our children. Why he'll come in and knock on that door, Sister Connie, and then come in and he won't just sit down. He'll slap you around. He'll accuse. He'll make your wife go off in the back room and start talking to you. You can't hear her. And he'll have you, what'd you say? And she'll say, I said. That happens to me and sister all the time anymore. That little bitty house. Little sister Jones. And then the old devil just get a hold of him. <laughs> well, why don't you go off in the closet and close your door and start talking to me with your head bent over in your shoes? You know what I'm talking about. Always something. Well, let's go out to eat. Well, where should we go? I don't know where we should go. Well, I want to go here. No, I want to go there. Well, the other says, I, well, well, I wanted this. Well, and next thing you know, you got four different restaurants with four people, uh, and nobody can make up their mind to agree and get any food. And so you're just about to boil and say, well, let's just fast then. You ever got to that point? I have. <laughs> just forget about eating. Oh, devil, he just wants to stir everything up. Now, I know that don't happen to y'all. I'm trying to help you to know what happens to us common people. But the old devil, he'll try to get in everything you got and stir it up and cause problems because he don't want you to have power or anointing or a light in front of your friends and your community, your church, your neighbors. <laughs> you got to watch them neighbors. They're watching sometimes when you don't know it. <laughs> and you get to acting real human, you and your family. Next thing you know, the neighbors are looking over there smiling because they see you doing a lot what they've done before. One time I had a plastic bat and my billy goat had butted me in the lip, butted my nose and my mouth, made me so mad. I picked up that little plastic bat. I was just a whooping that Billy Go. I said, well, you little devil. And my neighbor looked up and he said, hey, Royce, he got you good, didn't he? <laughs> I wanted to crawl back in the house. You got to watch him. I even had a privacy fence and he, he still saw it all. 
Listen, they're watching. And the king said to Daniel, Daniel, you're God's able. But he still went and fasted and prayed. You know that God is able to save you. You know that God is able to keep you. You know that God is able to save and keep your children. They may be way out yonder, but you know that the God you serve, he is able. You know that. You know that the God you serve is able to deliver you from whatever sickness or affliction or financial problem or pain or sorrow knocks on your door, even if you got a sign that says, leave me alone. Amen. You know God is able. But sometimes the pain, sometimes the situation, sometimes it looks bigger than even God. I've had some problems like that, some situations where I thought, God, I don't see how. And I don't sometimes see how God is going to do it. I know he's able. But the Bible says the king didn't stop there. He went back to his chamber and he got down and he prayed and he fasted and he said, don't make me happy. Don't give me music. Don't do it. I'm going to pray till I pray through. He didn't know he was praying through, but he did. And he began to pray and fast and believe. He didn't even sleep that night. He stayed awake all night praying and believing. And the first thing in the morning when the time had passed for the king to be able to go and anybody else, he could have done it at any time, but he had to keep his own laws that he made. Oh, we got to be careful about the laws we make. We got to be careful about the rules we set in our homes and in our lives because those can throw us and our children and our loved ones off if we get just a little too far-fetched on some of our rules. Oh, we begin to think, well, I'm chief here. And so I can just set any rules I want to. Those rules can come back to get you in trouble if you're not careful. Is that okay tonight? I believe in rules. I believe in regulations. I believe in doing right. But be careful that it's God that's leading you to do what you're doing. And the Bible says he got up and he went to that den. And he began to cry out as he was going. Daniel! Is thy God whom I serve faithfully able to deliver you? Oh, Daniel, are you alive? Are you okay? He had no idea what had happened, but he was hoping in his heart, and his heart was about to beat out of his chest, and the answer came back. Oh, king, live forever, because this night the Lord sent his angels to shut up the lion's mouth, and he has delivered me out of the very hand of my enemy. And the king began to rejoice because he knew that God was able to deliver Daniel and him out of the afflictions that had come upon them. The Bible says that he even declared it to all the people. The God whom Daniel serves, he is God. Oh God, why did I have to get thrown into a lion's den? I was a, I was a leader. I was one of the three princes of the kingdom. I, I was fasting and praying and three times a day and I was trying to do right. And, and Lord, I got thrown into a lion's den and they stunk and they could have ate me up. And Lord, I just don't know why this happened to me. Daniel didn't do that. He just believed the Lord. It's hard sometimes to be a Daniel, isn't it? But I want to tell you, if you can hold on to your faith and believe in your God, he's able to deliver you. But you see, it wasn't just for Daniel to realize that God was able. It wasn't even just for the king who was over all the land. But it was for all those Babylonian people who had known idols and known other worships and known other things that were not true that Daniel had to suffer. 
Brother Jeremy, God allows you to suffer and go through things because people are watching you. Sister Lisa, people are watching you. Your family's watching you. Your friends are watching you. I'm watching you. I appreciate you. Amen. Brother Jones, I've watched you for a long time. Blesses my heart every time I sit behind you on Sunday and see the man that you have become, the man of God that you've become. It blesses my heart. Sister Joanne, I've known you a long, long time. <laughs> you used to have darker hair. Now you've gotten blonde. Me too. i got a good streak of it right there. And Sister Joanne, you've been so faithful all these years and good, good-hearted and long-suffering. And you don't know that you're those things. You just did it because your mama said it before you. I've seen her too. She was faithful. But I know sometimes you get to thinking, oh, Lord, I'm tired. Whew. I just need to go in and rest a minute. I can't sit down because I probably wouldn't be able to get back up But because i got to keep going. But if you're not careful, you begin to think, God, why? 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 Why does everybody else's and mine don't? Why did everybody else? But we didn't. We compare ourselves many times with those around us. And that's not what he wants us to do. Because God allows each of us to walk through what we are able to walk through. Because he knows that when he delivers us, lives can and will be changed. Brother Ricky, there's a lot of family and people looking at you, watching your life. I know that whole clan of people you got. They're some of the most wonderful, loving people. I just love your people. I know all those Browns just about. Maybe one or two I don't because there's a bunch of them. But Brother Brown, that life you live before them is a constant reminder of how good God is. Your faithfulness. You're not just a daddy. You're a granddaddy. Won't be long till you be a great-granddaddy. You're getting old, brother. But the faithfulness that you've held in the congregation, it's noticed. And the things that you've been through and the things you've suffered, you've come through. And now to look at you, you will say, God, I, I, I want to be good and strong. I want to be faithful. I want to be a pillar in the house of my God. Sister Singh, you're suffering. You've been through some things. Old devil has attacked you. You haven't given up. Still going to ladies' prayer meetings. Still going to church. Still believing. But the old devil, he just, he wants to whip on me. And, and Brother Dale, don't it make you mad? I'd rather the devil picked on me than on my wife. Oh, I'd like to get a hold of him. I don't want him picking on my kids. And I don't want him picking on my wife. You can do anything you want to do to me. Don't believe my family. So he says, I'll show you. But I'll tell you something. It's for a reason that you and I walk through the afflictions that we walk through. I got to hurry. My wife's just about to start doing this. I want to help you tonight because we're living in the very last hours. I believe, and I'm not a prophet, I'm a man of God. God does speak to me. He, he pricks my heart. He, he puts something in there that I feel that says, even so, come Lord Jesus. One time I found myself down praying, and I was praying in the Spirit, even so, come Lord Jesus. I want people to be saved. I want people to be ready. But oh Lord. Oh, Lord, there's been such a great falling away in these last hours. You said it would happen. I never thought this would happen. I couldn't see it happening. I, I really could not visual what is ha visualize what has happened. But this one thing I know, revival is happening too. 
Amen. There are people that their hearts, I'm seeing even in my family as God is getting a hold and stirring their hearts and their minds and causing them to realize. Some people don't realize the day and the hour, but the Bible tells us you don't need anybody to tell you about the season because you know it's a season. The Lord's about to come. We don't know the day nor the hour, but the season, brethren, you are not blind towards this season. You see the unctioning and the pulling of the Spirit, and you hear the Lord say even more so in the last days as you see men and women falling off and falling away. Oh, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Uh, uh, Brother Calico, Sister Calico, Brother Sister Joe, they brought church to Brother Dickey's house. Uh, Brother Dickey's a minister. Uh, Why, he should be taking it to somebody. Brother Dickey got tired, got weak, got sick, got attacked. And so they just said, let us bring this healing uh, to Brother Dickey. Uh, They could have felt inferior because he's the uh, preacher. Uh, They could have felt like, well, I don't know, you know. But they didn't. They just got up and came and when they laid their hands on me, I want to tell you, my God, whom I serve he is faithful and to know that that excruciating pain that I was in was taken away sister Singh it makes me want to shout hallelujah and say my God is able to cure any manner of disease my God is able to save any lost soul I want to tell you in these last hours my God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and our sons and our daughters shall prophesy and people are going to be receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in the precious name of Jesus Jesus, we are going to see great and wonderful things happen. The devil is a liar. He's got us right now towards the edge of the lion's den, if not in the lion's den. And he's so mad tonight that I'm standing up here and I don't have any pain. I may have a weak leg and a bone on a bone, but I want to tell you something. I'm bouncing in the spirit because the anointing of the Lord is upon me. And new hip or not, I praise my God because he's able to deliver. He's able to heal. He's able to save don't you give up because your child is in the lion's den don't you give up because you've been given a diagnosis of the lion's den don't you give up because your finances are in the lion's den I want you to call upon God with me like the king did and fast and let's pray and let's believe and see if our God whom we serve is not able to deliver us somebody say praise the Lord Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to tell you something. We have church around this place. Uh, uh, little brother Sterling, uh, last Sunday he got up here, uh, and brother Jerry, he was he was shouting and praising. Uh, he don't know to not call upon somebody that he believes in. Uh, he just said, "Brother Jerry, come on." Uh, I know sometimes uh, maybe you think, "Oh, here they are." Brother Jerry said, "Woo!" I felt that go from this side of the building all the way over here. I heard brother Sterling go, "Woo!" I felt that prayer. I felt a cleansing and a healing go from my head to my feet. I'm going to tell you, we had church here Sunday morning. Sunday night, Sister Maya come over and she laid hands on me. She knows what I'm facing. And she just began to pray, God heal Brother Dickie. Oh, I want to thank God. Why me again? Why am I? The... But I want to tell you when she prayed, I felt the Shekinah glory go through me again. How can I not believe in a God? Ooh, hallelujah. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Reach over and touch somebody if it's appropriate. Reach over and touch somebody. I, I know I hate to do that because some people don't feel comfortable doing it. If you don't, that's I want you to pray for that person right now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. I command that sickness to leave that body right now. I command that depression to leave that body right now. I, I command that pain to leave that body right now. I, in the name of Jesus, I, I plead the blood over that lost child. I, I plead the blood.
blood over that deceived child. I plead the blood over that son or that daughter who has left the flock and gone astray. My God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to rest upon them and their eyes be opened and the scales fall away. That in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that in the name of Jesus, oh, they shall be saved and delivered. I want you to claim your victory right now. Oh, my God. I want you to claim your victory right now in the name of Jesus. Is thy God able? I'm asking you, is he able? Somebody say he's able. Oh, somebody say like Daniel. My God is able. He is able. Hallelujah. Woo, glory, hallelujah. Sister Susie, he's able. You know he is. Lord, look where we have come from. You used to be a blonde. <laughs> Got a little gray now, sister. But I've seen your life and appreciated it, where God brought you from and the life that you have in your precious family, your son and your daughter, her precious little Shanna. I went over there the other day to deliver some eggs because I like to do that, brother. He shares his good tomatoes with me. So I took him some eggs. And little Shanna, she just ran up and just grabbed me and hugged me. I was her youth pastor. Wasn't I? I left there just feeling so good because... That's such a sweet baby. Such a, here she got one that's a teenager now herself. I'm sure that little girl had to be hers. But it made me feel so good because I know my God is good and he's faithful. And he keeps his children and he keeps his people. Don't you weary or fret about what God is or isn't doing. He's got his time for everything. He knows, Brother Ricky, what he is doing. And if you get all caught up in the fact that, oh, God, why? Why is my son out here doing this? Why is my son out here doing that? Why is my daughter out here? Why, why is it? I want to tell you something. My God is able. Hallelujah. Used to pray for your boy that he'd get the Holy Ghost. Now he's preaching. <laughs> Used to pray for, for little uh, Armstrong. Can't think of his first name right now. Lee, yes, Lee Armstrong. I see that boy come down and seek and seek and seek and pray and pray. His mom and daddy pray with him and pray with him. He's such a meek person. And I think, oh, Lord, fill Lee with the Holy Ghost. He came and worked at my house a few times, and I, I, just, I just love Lee. Of course, I love his mom and daddy. But then to look at him, I saw him a couple of Sundays ago up there on the platform making an announcement. I've seen him over here and his step out just so far. That's big for us quiet people. <laughs> He's just shouting and worshiping the Lord. I just get so blessed by other people. And when they worship the Lord, it just blesses me. Sister Cindy, I'm believing for you, honey. You're struggling. You're having hard times. You've gone through some things. Heartache nobody knows but you and God. But God loves you. And don't you think this church don't pray for you because we are praying for you. And our God one day is going to turn the tap on and that water is going to run. And you're going to get your biggest blessing. You're going to say, my Lord, this is wonderful. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Sister Joanne, I believe one day we're going to take hands uh, us uh, that are seeking and praying and, and we're going to be able to shout. I may not be able to run, but I'm claiming I'm going to. I, I may not be able to hop over them pews like old brother Meyer. I, I may not be able to run up themselves. Like brother, but I want to tell you something. I, I'm doing it in my spirit. I, I'm doing it in my heart. I, I want to worship and praise my God with all my strength and might because he is worthy. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. I got to quit. This is good. I feel good. Man, this is better than any pain pill. Let me go here just right quick. Please please bear with me. Now, 
I preached to you about the roaring lion a few weeks ago. Seeketh those whom he may devour. First Peter 5 and 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Stay in the faith. Stay in the truth. Resist the devil. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Do you realize that? <laughs> you wait until you can't remember things. <laughs> Sister, what's your name? What's your mama's name? Jane Lay. Good Lord. Just wanted to say Lee. Sister Lay worked with your daughter for years. And there'd be times old Satan was raging through our office. She'd come by and I'd say, Carolyn, whew, you talk to your mama. Tell her to pray. She said, I'll go call her right now. I'll go text her right now. Now, I believe this because I know this lady enough to know that she's not a fake. And just little wild things would just turn around. I appreciate saints of God like you. We got to have them in the church. There's seven of you like that. Sister, I love you too. I can't remember your name neither. <laughs> it's about time for me to quit. I've seen you clean this church and work and do and love our God. And you sit there tonight so precious and beautiful in the spirit of God. I, I love you for all the years you served God in this church. And God blesses you. And look how you're still going. There's people in the nursing home that don't even have their right mind at 50 and 60 years of age. And here these folks are still going and serving and loving God. Doesn't mean that they don't love God too because they're in the nursing home. I'm just saying, isn't God good? Somebody raise their hand and say, praise the Lord. He can and will deliver you. I, I got to hurry. My Lord, help me, Jesus. Sister, is it real bad? Am I grounded? It's real bad. Oh, good. Okay. First Peter 5 and 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You may think nobody else is going through it, but you, but they are. You have others out there that you may not see that are feeling the same thing, going through some same things. But God is delivering them out of the lion's den left and right. We may not see it because we're in a smaller group or a smaller area or a smaller town. We may not be able to see it because we don't go to the big meetings. But I want to tell you, God is delivering men and women out of their afflictions every day. Somebody is being healed. Somebody is being delivered. Somebody is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody is being baptized in Jesus' name. It has been accomplished. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus... After that, we have suffered a while. How many of you been suffering a little while? You would say that? Anybody? You suffered for a little while. Sister Dawn, I know you suffered for a while. And you just keep on ministering. Boy, when I get my card, it just blesses me. The precious words, the encouragement, the encouragement. Y'all didn't know she's a preacher, did you? She's a lay preacher. Because she follows God. And so she just said, Brother Dickey, I feel I need to send him a card. Sister Lay, those words, I may be a preacher, but it never hurts to hear them again and again. You just don't know. You don't know. All, all your contacts, the afflictions, many of us suffer. Listen. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that we have suffered a while, will make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. For the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, 
Anybody got a broken heart tonight? You just fell over on the ground and began to weep and cry and pray. Your heart was so heavy and so broken. Do you realize that God is closer to you at that point than he is at any point? Because he is close to a broken and contrite spirit, a humble spirit. One that's saying, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know why I've suffered these things. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them. Not one of them is broken. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. For in that he himself has suffered, Jesus has suffered, being tempted, he is also able to secure them that are tempted. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sins. If you are suffering, it's because you chose to live for God and to do his will. If you're suffering persecution, if you're suffering these things, don't don't get upset or mad. Realize God has chosen you and you're ceasing your sins. You're living a righteous and a pure and a holy life. And so he says, I'll just bring them down. Lord, you watch. Oh, Job, just let me get a hold of him. I'll show you. He'll curse you and die. He touched Job. He touched everything Job had, even his body. He even made his companions say, Job, why don't you just curse God and go ahead and die? And the Bible says, yet Job praised his God. Somebody raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. God will deliver you out of these afflictions. You can mark it down. It's going to happen. Stand with me. I didn't mean to do all of this and, and go this long, but I feel an anointing pressure right here on me that God has spoken to our hearts tonight. These are not my words. I, I listened to the last lesson I preached or taught and I told my sister, I said, my Lord, I got so blessed. Because <laughs> you see, I knew that it wasn't me. While the things that I heard, when I went back and listened to it, I said, my Lord, God really used me. I was amazed. Not that it was wonderful because I make mistakes with words and things and, and forget names. And, but because God had a word for the people. And he's got a word for you tonight. Don't you get discouraged and give up. I want us, and I know it's late, but I want us one more time. If you are here tonight and you just feel like, Brother Dickey, I don't know that I can. I'm tired. I don't, I don't need to do it. I don't have to do it. You don't have to do it for me. But if you're here tonight and you feel like you just got to touch God, I want to ask you to come right quick. We'll pray for you. I don't want you to leave here tonight with a burden that you can't bear. If you feel like I've gone as far as I can go, I need God to touch me. I want to pray for you. If not, that's fine. If you come... We're going to get two or three others to come, and we're going to pray for you right now. Is there anybody that wants to come? If not, I want you one more time to pray for that one beside you, that God will help and strengthen. And not just you. There are people that are listening online tonight. Some of them couldn't be here because of affliction. And they're sick in their body, and they're facing things. And for those that are not listening, that are lost, and, and I want you to pray with me right now for them. Heavenly Father, thank you. For your word. Thank you for this church and for the elders and the saints of God that established the truth. Thank you for our pastor that you have called to teach and preach the gospel to this congregation that blesses our souls and establishes us. And God, he causes us, oh Lord, to want to dig deeper and climb higher and do those things that you would beckon us to do. Father, I pray right now for sons and daughters that are lost and undone, for moms and dads that are carrying the burden of their children 
children, uh, uh, for wives that are carrying the burden for their husbands, for husbands that are carrying the burden for their wives, uh, for families, Lord, that are suffering financially or suffering uh, with uh, uh, sickness. Uh, Lord, I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, over them right now. Uh, Lord, I know as you delivered Daniel uh, out of the lion's den, uh, you are also able to deliver these, oh God. Uh, We plead the precious blood of Jesus uh, over our young people tonight. Uh, I pray, God, that those young people in that meeting uh, will have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost uh, as Sister Dickie and I have experienced with the youth uh, in years past. Uh, And Lord, I want you to shake that building like you did for us uh, when our youth were there. Uh, And Lord, I ask you to pour out your spirit upon those young people uh, that they be filled uh, and anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, that they may come back uh, and help transform this church uh, and ministries will be set forth uh, this week uh, in the young people's lives. Uh, Oh God, let the congregation there be changed. Uh, Let men and women who visit uh, be changed. Uh, Oh God, let this revival begin even now this week uh, in that meeting uh, and cause it to go out to those, Lord God, uh, that have hardened their heart uh, or have turned from you, uh, that have fallen by the wayside. uh, And Father, I just plead the blood over them uh, that Lord, your word will reach out and touch them. uh, For God, as you delivered Daniel, uh, I know God that you are able to keep and deliver uh, your children tonight. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Would somebody just say praise the Lord? If you would, send this message to somebody. That's a good way to do it. They didn't come. You want to bless somebody? Let them know the afflictions they're going through. Send it to them. Go out and tell somebody. Brother Jerry, I think it was you told me a few weeks ago, maybe jail. The very next day or something, something came up about the, the message about the devil is roaring around seeking those any major and was able to use that very message to help a person that was hurting. Use what you've heard in here because God didn't bring you here for no reason. You have word, you have faith, you have truth. You can leave this house tonight, a changed person, and go and witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Given the opportunity to pray, given the opportunity to visit, given the opportunity to call, let God use you. Be faithful. God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly. We'll see you Sunday morning. Bring somebody with you. Let's fill up the house. Amen. Pray for Pastor Meyer and Sister Meyer as they travel and the young people as they travel as well.